the relationship between athletes and cannabis has long been decried for its perceived negative association. Thankfully, that misconception is being reshaped as athletes are now experiencing a certain form of liberation, one which has inspired them to move from the shadows and serve as advocates for the medicine that they deem so vital. These stories are worthy of greater attention and will serve to help augment the discourse around medicinal cannabis. The cannabis culture and sport deserves to be celebrated, not maligned. And these conversations will move us in that direction. Welcome to Winning with Cannabis with your host, Bill Bronner. Welcome to Winning with Cannabis. This is your host, Bill Bronner. I'm delighted here to be joined by none other than the iconic Jim McMahon. I say iconic not only in the sense of his sterling career in the NFL, but just in the sports world overall. Um, he left his imprint uh, in a permanent way and, and continues to uh, play um, an extremely influential role in, uh, in both sports um, and, and non-sports issues which we'll jump into both. For those of you who may be unaware, his prolific career spanned the total of 16 years in the NFL, culminating with two Super Bowl victories, um, both of which I watched and were easily some of the most memorable experiences watching football. Jim, welcome to the show. Well, thanks, guys. Great to be on. So uh, I want to start by kind of gaining a, a really good understanding of, of you as a person growing up in San Jose, California, and shortly afterward, your family's transition to, to Roy, Utah, and um, kind of what or, or your introduction into to football, um, both as a sport and ultimately as a career. So if you can give listeners, um, you know, kind of a, a nice overview of, of that period of your life, that'd be great. All right. Well, I was actually, I was born in Jersey City, New Jersey. In 1959, uh, my dad's job moved him out to San Jose, California in 1962. So from then until 1975 is where I grew up in San Jose. Uh, I started playing sports down there. Uh, actually started playing uh, baseball when I was nine years old uh, competitively and then 10 years old for football. Uh, I played played all three sports in high school, football, basketball, baseball, Um after my second year of high school in California, my dad's job moved him again. Uh, we moved to Roy, Utah. And for those of you who have never been there, it's quite a culture shock moving from San Jose to Utah. But I uh, played my last two years of high school ball there, was recruited uh, by a number of schools. I ended up choosing uh, Brigham Young University. They had a great uh, football program. I also wanted to play baseball at the time. So th there were two schools that said I could play both football and baseball. It was either BYU or Nevada, Las Vegas. I wanted to go to Nevada, Las Vegas, you know, being a, you know, a kid that likes to have a little fun. Uh, my dad would not let me go there. He said it was not a big enough school. So I ended up at uh, Brigham Young and I was there for five years and then was drafted by the Chicago bears in 1982. And then, uh, played those 15 years in the NFL. And now I've been out for 20, was it 23, 24 years now. When you um, when you got to BYU, Jim, I know you originally. I found this pretty intriguing. Uh, had the role as a punter. You know, clearly you evolved from that role into uh, much greater things. Not to devalue the role of a punter, but um, I, I, I take were you a punter in high school too? Yeah, I've kicked the ball in high school as well. But being a punter was the only way to make the varsity at, the, at that time. I mean, as a freshman, you know, we had. We had a senior quarterback who was, who was well known, and then we had a couple other guys that were following him. And 
So I was probably, you know, six or seven on the totem pole as far as quarterbacks go. But I knew I could make the varsity as a, a kick in the ball. So that's what I focused on my first, first year. You, you got drafted fifth overall and, and went to Chicago. And obviously that was, you know, easily the most transformative experience of your life up until that point. Um, what was that like? What, what, what was it like, obviously, playing for such a, a, a prominent figure in, in Mike Ditka and the culture that was being created there? And obviously, you, your ingredient mixed in that culture in, uh, in very interesting and, and terrific ways. Um, tell us a little bit about that experience. Well, it was uh, shocking to me at first because I, was, I wasn't supposed to go to Chicago. I was supposed to go to the Baltimore Colts who were drafting just before Chicago. And uh, all indications were I was going to be a, a Colt. And uh, I was actually back in Baltimore. I had, had lunch with Johnny Unitas at his restaurant. He was telling me how I'm going to enjoy the city, this and that. And then on draft day, <clears throat> my attorney called and said, I don't think they're going to draft you because I just told them don't draft you because they, they had a running back at the time. They, I think it was Curtis Dickey. And they were having trouble signing Curtis. And so my agent told them, don't even bother drafting me because they'd never signed me. And so that's how they passed. And uh, Chicago was next in line and they took me. So I had no idea I was going to go to Chicago. Didn't know anything about Chicago other than the movie Brian song. And, um, you know, it was Coach Ditka's first year there as well. So I didn't know anything about Coach Ditka. So it was it was quite an experience getting back there and meeting Papa Bear Hallis and, and uh, Mike all at the same time. Yeah, if I recall correctly, um, the last contract that he helped negotiate was the one, I guess, uh, that expired after your rookie contract. Is that right? Yes, yes. It uh, my first my first contract. I had to deal with Mr. Allison, who was not uh, he wasn't too keen on me. I told him, I said, "Why'd you even draft me?" Because he told me I was too short. I was uh, had a had a bad eye. My arm was suspect, and my knee was somewhere with my knee. He goes, "I should go to Canada." This is what he told me when I first met him. And so I said, why did you even bother to draft me? You know, if you, if you don't think I can play, who's in your scouting department? So I didn't get off on the right foot with Mr. Alice, and uh, my contract reflected that, obviously. Didn't seem like a warm and fuzzy character, huh? No, no, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah, regarding your knee, I know you had 12 knee surgeries. So clearly that was, uh, that was a, a focal point after um, just dealing with the brutality of the sport for, for so many years. Um, before we jump into that, uh, when, when you were playing with Chicago, I know you've, um, you know, been, in, in, you've embraced cannabis for an extended period of, of your life, including the majority of your playing career. Were you actively um, using medical marijuana while uh, with, the, with the Bears, or did that surface a little bit later in life? Well, there was no medical marijuana at that time. I mean, it was, you know, it's just another way of our government segregating people. You know, there's no difference between the medical and what, what the people smoke recreationally. Uh, I've been an advocate of cannabis since 1973 when I was 14 years old. I had my first, smoked my first joint, and from then on I was hooked. Well, not really hooked. I mean, I, I, I enjoyed what it, it made me feel like. I mean, it made me eat, made me sleep, it made me feel good. And since I've, I've gone into the business myself, I, I do a lot of work with Dr. Uma Donabalan. I'm, I'm sure you guys know that name. She's pretty well known in the cannabis world. And she's taught me more about the plant than, 
than I could ever want to know. I said, Doc, all I know is it makes me feel good, makes me eat, makes me sleep. She, she said, that's what it's supposed to do. And then she taught me about the endocannabinoid system and this and that. So it was, it's been quite a ride. And, uh, and I'll be launching my own cannabis company here probably Super Bowl Sunday next week. So I'm looking forward to that. Well, we have to take a real brief break, um, Jim, and then we'll pick up right where we left off. Our advertisers are winners. Please check them out during this brief timeout. Doc Rob, the concierge for better living. Cannabis is just one of the many great plants that we have on this planet called Earth that we can use consciously and intelligently to improve our well-being. Take a real, raw, inside look at healthier living while sharing great ideas and improvements for a better quality of life. Learning to live and live well is a lifelong process. This is a journey. It could be you could be 80 years old or eight years old. You can still learn something that's gonna make tomorrow a little bit healthier, a little bit easier, a little bit happier, a little bit better. The concierge for better living with Doc Rob. Only on cannabisradio.com. Elevate your every day with that Shuggies feeling with the sweet taste of Shuggies. Add a cup of Shuggies to your morning coffee. Ah, how sweet it is. Shuggies infuses cannabis and cane sugar to make it the perfect sweetener with benefits. Make your happy hour happier with a dunk of Shuggies in your drink. Order your Shuggies now at S-H-O-O-G-I-E-S dot com or find it in dispensaries throughout California. Whenever you crave a little sweet, pick up Shuggies, the sweet, sweet, take-anywhere treat. Candid. Captivating. Compelling. Welcome to Cannabis Confidential with Dr. Dina. Welcome to Cannabis Confidential. Oh, you got me again. All right. Uh, you, you got me again. Welcome to Cannabis okay. Confidential. Ah! <laughs> hey, we did it. We did it. Yeah, Welcome. I have the coolest guest today. You guys already know. The one and only Tommy Chong. CannabisRadio.com proudly presents Cannabis Confidential. We're back on the field of play with more Winning with Cannabis. Only on CannabisRadio.com. Jim, we were talking about uh, the, the individual, I guess, who's been really instrumental in um, helping to, to guide you uh, professionally, um, the, the doctor at Harvard, correct? Can you refresh my correct. memory what her name is? Yes, Dr. Uma Donabalan. Yes, and, she's Harvard trained and uh, quite, quite impressive when you hear her talk. Um, as you've struggled with your post-playing career injuries, uh, I take it her input has been extremely valuable in terms of, you know, obviously you understand the, the benefits of, of the medicine better than most, but has she been um, helping you uh, with uh, kind of the, the educational component in terms of how to raise awareness within the NFL? Oh, yeah. We've talked about a lot of different ways to try to get you know, her, hers and our message across. I mean, it's just, it doesn't seem like the NFL cares at this point. You know, they, they are so involved in big pharma because that's all they have. You know, they feed you the, all these pills while you're playing, you know, Oxycontins, Percocets, Vicodin. I mean, you name it, they've got it for you. And, and those are readily available and you can take as much as you want. And uh, whereas, you know, you can't have, you can't go home and, and uh, you know, relax by smoking a joint. I, I never got that. 
we, we, we've talked on this program before on a couple of occasions with um, kind of your, your NFL cohort um, in terms of shining a spotlight on the uglier, dare I say, kind of dark side of the game. Um, you know, people, we, we've kind of, kind of come to glorify the sport in America, and I guess I myself and so many others are guilty, and, and rarely do we understand uh, the rigors of all that, that wear and tear. Um, and, and hence the reason I actually launched this program was to, to bring immediate or greater attention to those issues. And those, those issues are certainly uh, ones that you're extremely familiar with. I talked about you know, earlier about your 12 knee surgeries. And, you know, you've had three shoulder surgeries, torn tendon, broken elbow, spinal brain injuries, and as well as, you know, kind of some, some other kind of emotional uh, and kind of uh, issues and issues with vision and speech, dementia. When did, when did all those issues uh, like slowly emerge with you? Did it start early? Did it start in your kind of post-playing career? Uh, well, the headaches and everything started while I was still playing. And, that, and the majority of my problems it stems all the way back to 1986 when we were playing the Green Bay Packers and a guy by the name of Charlie Martin picked me up from behind and, and threw me down after the play right on top of my head. And that bent the or uh, twisted the bones in my neck so badly that it's still to this day I, I have to have treatment for. Uh, but what's crazy is is uh, cannabis is a neuroprotectant. So if anybody should be able to use it, it's just people that have play contact sports. It's an anti-inflammatory. You know, it's a neuroprotectant. I mean, it's 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 so good for so many different things. And uh, you know, I think people are finally starting to realize how that we were lied to for over a hundred years from our government. Our government's had a patent on it for 75 years. Um, so they know how good it was. And uh, it's, it's ridiculous that it's on schedule one. It should be taken off. It's a medicinal herb. It's not a drug. And uh, I think when the, everybody finally realizes that and everybody will be a lot happier. Do you think we're getting close to kind of a tipping point in terms of opioids being and very much creating kind of an existential crisis for the NFL, which is easily America's most popular sport. Are we, are we close to that or, or not? Well, I, I would hope so. I mean, with all the research, you know, they keep saying, oh, we have to do more research. There's research way back, you know, into the forties and fifties that they buried. And, uh, so, and they know it's good. They just, they just don't know how to get away from big farm. I don't think. Roger Goodell makes comments like, oh, uh, marijuana is, is bad or addictive and bad for the NFL. And he doesn't mention anything about the pills that are proven to be addictive, proven to kill people, whereas uh, cannabis has never killed anybody. So uh, we, got, we have that going for us. I remember reading at one point you were taking up to 100 Percocets a month. That seems oh, yeah. That's, and a lot of people eat more than that. I mean, I, I've met guys that eat, you know, almost that many in a day. Current players, uh, I mean, former I, or both? Former. Yeah. Yeah, I don't really, yeah. I don't really keep up with the, the current players at this point. You know, I just keep up with some friends that are still coaching, like Andy Reid, go Chiefs. Um, Andy was my tackle back in college. I've known him forever, so I'm, I'm, I'm rooting for them. Yeah, I, I remember reading that he had some pretty supportive comments for you when uh, when Andy served as a, I guess a sports reporter there at BYU and there have been some critical comments I think from a Wisconsin reporter if memory serves right and 
<laughs> kind of cleared the air and and much like any good team Fran was in luck with some really favorable things to say yeah Andy's always been a great guy and uh, he's been a hell of a coach happy to see him doing well without question he's, he's sustained a level of excellence for a long time I feel he's closer now than he ever has been to uh, to reaching the promised land so I too am a Chiefs fan um, back to the NFL and you know, obviously that they're, they're um, uh, hesitant to permit cannabis use, even CBD use at a, to a lesser degree, unlike the majority of uh, the major um, sports entities. Um, but I, I'm sure you're probably aware of this too. There seems to be uh, a need, I, mean, I know Tamora Smith has mentioned this, um, NFL owners such as Jerry Smith have said that there's a willingness to soften the policy because they realize that it badly needs to be softened. And I, I think there's a collective bargaining agreement that's going to occur pretty soon with the players' union, and CBD I think is on the table. Do you do you follow those movements at all, or are you a little bit on the uh, sidelines for that? Yeah, I haven't really because I, I talked to both Goodell and and Demore Smith years ago when when I was having my problems with uh, my my head and, and didn't know what the heck was going on until I figured out the, or the these doctors in New York figured it out. And I mentioned to them at the time, I said this is the doctor that needs to be talking to the players and the owners. And as soon as I mentioned the word chiropractor, they said, Oh no, no, no. We have these, you know, we just gave a hundred million dollars to Harvard neurosurgeons to do this big study. I said, yeah, it's a study this guy's been doing for 25 years. You know, it's ridiculous. You give these people a hundred million, this guy's over here doing his thing. But since he's a chiropractor, you guys don't want to hear about it. And so I knew then that he, he didn't really care about what was going on with the players. You know, they're just, they're just going to make a big fuss and, and they'll look good on TV, but behind the closed doors, they don't really care. We're going to take another quick uh, break here and then we'll resume right where we left off, Jim. Thank you. Our advertisers are winners. Please check them out during this brief timeout. Oh, let the marijuana llama tell you something now About a game for your phone gonna make you say wow The game's about the game of growing cannabis for cash Grow the seeds, sell the bud, put the savings in the stash Little by little your empire grows large Put different celebrities inside your entourage You can choose to play with Snoop or me or Cheech and Chong Cypress Hill, Willie Nelson, Wiz Khalifa with a bong The name of the game is him pink, that's the point Download and play while you light yourself a joint Business of cannabis should be no crime. Hemp Inc. is even hot proved by the man who run high times. Oh, yeah. Get it on Android and I and iOS today. Marijuana Llama out. Got to tend to me on crops, you know. Money don't make itself. Hemp Inc. The cannabis industry is growing almost as fast as the cannabis and hemp being planted and harvested. Where, when, and how fast will the cannabis and hemp industries continue to climb? Who will be the people leading the charge into that promised land of profit? Let's pursue those answers and more with the Plant Profits. Welcome to another episode of Plant Profits. I am Bert Miller, your host. As you guys know, the purpose of this show is to introduce you to some of the most forward-thinking executives and companies in the cannabis industry. Plant Profits, only on CannabisRadio.com. Hey, take a look at this. They're selling smart pots. (laughs) They have pot that can make you smart? Where is it? 
Not that kind of pot. Smart pots are the best aeration container to grow your plants. Check this out. This is the original fabric container for faster producing healthier plants. They're made with a superior fabric that delivers high yields. Plus, smart pots are reusable and sustainable, so you can use them over and over again, no matter if you use them indoor or outdoor. That's very smart, but how good are they for the environment? Smart pots are BPA-free and lead-free, so you'll always be able to ensure a pure, clean grow, and they're 100% made in the U.S. Over 28 million smart pots have already been sold, so it seems like a smart investment. Look for smart pots in close to 2,000 garden centers throughout North America and ask for the original fabric container. Find a store near you or order yours online at smartpots.com. We're back on the field of play with more Winning with Cannabis, only on CannabisRadio.com. So, Jim, I wanted to chat with you about your um, your first kind of foray into, dare I say, politics, but working uh, to stump for Prop 2005 in Arizona. And that's, that's where you still reside today, right? Correct. Have you played a, or at least considered playing somewhat of a larger role in the national conversation, at least in terms of uh, policy remedies as it applies to, to um, cannabis? Well, I'm not, I'm not a politician in any sense of the word. And, uh, I can't really sit and sit in the room with those people like that, but I know Dr. Uma can, and I, I would love to get her to sit in front of president Trump. I know the president doesn't drink, doesn't smoke, you know, I don't know what he does, but he, uh, I think if she sat down and explained things to him, uh, I think everybody would you know, the whole world of cannabis would be very happy because I think it would be legalized everywhere and decriminalized everywhere and uh, just let people enjoy it for what it is. It's a medicinal herb and, and uh, that's why it's on the planet. She sounds like a very credible and convincing individual. And I, Oh, she's amazing. It's a, it's, I said, doc, you know, you don't have to convince me. I've, I've been an advocate since 73, but she keeps, she uh, always uh has something new for me that I, that I don't know about it. So this is a good segue into the, the new venture, entrepreneurial venture that you're involved in. And it's worth noting to our listeners that this company is set to, uh, to daylight here within the coming weeks, if not month, and that is McMahon CBD and McMahon Farms. Jim, can you uh, share with our audience how that kind of came to be? I know you've been searching now for the last couple of years within the, the cannabis industry in terms of a, trying to find a place to get a good foothold, clearly made the right decision to create something that, um, that has your thumbprint and your kind of quote unquote seal of approval. Uh, tell us about that, um, that whole adventure. Well, it's been uh, three and a half years in the making. I've been to pretty much every farm from Washington all the way down to, to Mexico, uh, Colorado, I've uh, seen pretty much every manufacturing facility uh, where they do the testing. Uh, I believe we've got a great group of, of people in our, in our organization here. Uh, they're top notch. Uh, everything that, that we uh, sell will have a, a barcode on it that you can take a picture of it and it'll come up exactly where it was grown, where it was tested, all the chemicals or n- no chemicals, uh, but everything about the plant will be on that little barcode. So people, that's what people need. They need to get, you know, good information because there's so much crap out there. And, you know, like everything else, black market is going to screw you over. 
So as long as they, uh, I think they can get great results from good products. And I think that's what we're going to try to do. We're going to put the best products out there and let the people uh, decide. Is your vision a national one in terms of distribution? Are you looking to focus oh, just in Arizona? No doubt. No doubt. No, we're, we're, the CBD is going to be online. So it's going to be, you know, you can get it any, anywhere all over the world. And then the uh, McMahon Farms part is going to be in California. Terrific. I look forward to trying the whole suite of products at some point in the future. And, and, and I've the been time, sampling a lot of them, and they're good. The, the, the time frame that you forecasted, you're, you're looking for a launch around the Super Bowl during the Super Bowl. Is that right? Yeah, we're going to try to launch around the Super Bowl Sunday, and I believe everything's in place. I hope we can get it done by next week, and if not, it'll be you know shortly after that. Terrific. Now, speaking of the Super Bowl, are you, uh, do you have plans to head down to Miami? Uh, I've, I've been invited down to a few things. I don't know yet whether I'm going to go there or end up in Vegas. So, you know, Miami's going to be a zoo, and uh, I'd rather be in Vegas, which is a little less of a zoo. Thank you for, for joining our program. I'm thrilled to have you. Your insights are extremely valuable. Um, it's the first time we've had the ability to, uh, to chat with someone who has such an extensive history in the sport. So I think your, your viewpoints have a certain historical context, which have been lacking from you know, some of our other guests in the past. So I really appreciate uh, the depth that you've been able to pr provide. And on a personal note, really appreciate your ability to be so outspoken over uh, the last several years. You seem to be one of the first people, um, you know, w w within the sports world, at least, you know, to come to the forefront and into the mainstream with a very important message. And that message is slowly hitting home. And um, thankfully, we're witnessing a, a sea change in terms of, uh, you know, viewpoints on cannabis and um, your influence in the past has played a huge role in, in shaping that. So I applaud you, Jim. I appreciate it. And I also, you know, want to just leave you guys with, you know, they always said that uh, marijuana was a gateway drug. Uh, Dr. Donna Ballin, her, her saying is marijuana is an exit drug. It can get you off all the other stuff that you're on because you don't need anything else once you start enjoying the cannabis. So uh, just go out in there, enjoy it, try it. Enjoy it. I think you'll like it. Sounds great. Thanks, Jim. And uh, enjoy uh, enjoy the, the, the upcoming Super Bowl. All right, bud. Appreciate it. Thank you. Bye-bye. The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited.